Welcome to the Smooth Burrito, where the third time's the charm. I'm Frank. I'm Trevor, and burritos are smooth. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying, Frank. I'm going to keep trying. We'll get one someday. We're going to get one the same way that we got a title, where we just say something random and stupid, and then it sticks. Yeah. So, what, what have you been doing this week, Trev? Uh, I've been playing some video games. You know, the usual. I'm still, like, heavily involved with Fire Emblem Three Houses at the moment. I'm like, the story is really starting to catch on. So I'm, I'm like, addicted to that game at the moment. I'm, like, trying to recruit, like, everyone. I have, like, this weird obsession with trying to complete be this like completionist and in, in this game that's like super hard to do um but yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing i've actually been playing a little bit of madden because i have this weird obsession with football um <laughs> and the nfl i really it's the only sports game i play um but yeah it, it's all right this year i mean it's what i expect um you know the whole sentiment that madden and all the other sports games are the same every year um are somewhat true um but there's enough changes to um keep me intrigued but yeah that that's pretty much all i've been doing just playing video games nice so. i have been uh recovering from one of my internal organs trying to explode Ooh. Uh, i had to get my appendix out over the weekend which is why we didn't end up recording um it didn't. Uh, it didn't get inflamed too badly. It didn't burst, but uh, yeah, they pulled it out of me, and wow. I've just been at home having the worst week off ever because I'm. I wasn't able to do anything for like the first half of it. Oh man, that's rough. Was the pain pretty bad? Not like... really, actually. I only uh, took like aside from what they gave me when they actually did the surgery to put me under. I only took painkillers once. Because oh, okay. the painkillers made me feel worse than just hurting. Oh, wow. That's never good. Yeah, apparently uh, morphine makes me very nauseous. So oh. I guess I'm never going to do heroin, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, so, yeah, I've been get, you... uh, I have been playing some stuff. I've actually been getting into pinball, specifically virtual pinball. So okay. That's interesting. I got I it really it's only been the past few days and it started really weirdly. I started wondering why in the Frankenstein pinball machine, which is licensed off of the movie, they use the song Frankenstein like the the you know da -da 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 that one. Right. When it has nothing to do with the movie. Like they spent extra <laughs> money to put that song in. <laughs> And then that just got me thinking, man, I'd really like to play that again. So I uh, downloaded the Pinball Arcade on my phone, which uh, I had to download a cracked version because unfortunately, due to licensing issues, uh, in the latest version, you can't play like 40 of the tables because the license expired. So, um, but yeah, I have the cracked version of that. And then I started messing around with like Visual Pinball and Pin Mame on my PC just playing some uh, playing some Frankenstein, playing some uh, High Speed to the Pursuit, playing some Black Knight 2000, and I just downloaded Dirty Harry at uh, the behest of Minerva, because um, that's her favorite pinball machine. Interesting. Yeah, you've been playing some, I mean, kind of obscure stuff this week. Yeah, there's actually, uh, like, I think part of it is that I needed something that I could play in bed, and also, um, I needed something that I could play, like, just quickly, because for the first few days, I couldn't be upright too much, so I wasn't able to be at my computer. Right. But, yeah, that's been fun, and there's a lot of actual pinball places around here, so if I get the itch to play some of these games in real life, I can just go to them. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, that's really all that I've been doing, I'd say. So, uh, I guess we're going into news. Sure, let's hit the news. Yeah, I'm actually going to put that uh, that thing in that I made. I'm going to have to play that for you later, but... Oh, that's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so, let me see here. Let me pull up the docket. If I pull up the dock yet, I mean, figure out where the fuck the tab went. 
fucking docket, man. So yeah, leading us off, uh, Loot Crate has filed for bankruptcy. Uh, Apparently, it was inevitable. Yeah, like apparently things are not good in the uh, geek crap sphere. Especially, I wonder if they were directly affected by Think Geek closing or restructuring or whatever they did under GameStop. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was anybody really using Loot Crate in like this year of 2019 that's a good question and i strongly doubt it um i i watched a youtube video um by a guy i can't remember his name um but he did like a loot crate thing where he bought like just a bunch of subscription boxes and there's so many of them dude there's like like these subscription boxes there's if you can think of like a subscription box for something it exists the only one like I was ever one, interested like, in was the one that was full of weird Japanese candy. Okay, yeah, that's one. There's also one for, like, dog toys, and then there's also one for, like, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, clothes. <laughs> and, I mean, like, now there's even, like, you could, like, the whole food subscription box, like the um, Hello fresh or whatever they call that thing um uh, and like all the food subscription boxes that get sent to your door so you could cook them like everything's on a subscription box now and it just like when they did this youtube video they did a bunch of subscription boxes and basically realized that 99 percent of the stuff in them was complete and utter garbage and like really cheap crap and then there was like one or two things in there that were like actually halfway decent but it was just like this lottery roll like you never knew what you were gonna get and that's just like not interesting when you're actually spending like money on something and like here let me waste money on trash this month every month actually yeah i kind of get it like i kind of get why they did it because as as nerds, there's a certain attraction to kitsch shit and also branded crap, but, like, just... And, and granted, I don't think Loot Crate was this because it was always, like, they had a theme, they had branding, but uh, I, for one, like, enjoy going to, like, weird little shops and finding weird little, like, toys and things and stuff like that. Things that are honestly, like, stuff that you would find more in like a Japanese shop I'd say or like a shop in Japan for like weird shit than you're gonna find here although you live in NYC so you might have one but uh, I like that stuff I wouldn't mind getting a box full of like random toys that I didn't know about which I'm pretty sure exists but as far as Loot Crate goes at first there was some pretty cool stuff as it wore on they just seemed to um, get cheaper and shittier probably because they were running out of money yeah, I I never really knew of them or about them when they first came around. Like I had heard a couple things and saw a couple ads um, on like video game websites and stuff for them, but never was really intrigued at the idea. Uh, I do like little you know desk trinkets and stuff like that. You know, like I bought way too many amiibo. Um, but my whole thing was like I I was always very particular in that like. If I buy something, I want to know what I'm getting. I don't like the... I don't know that I like the idea of being surprised at what's in the box because I feel like I can... There's a very high chance that, like, the majority of the stuff in there I won't like. Um, So, I mean, like, I get the idea and I get the appeal, especially when it was, like, the new hot thing. But uh, in terms of longevity, I just never saw it, like, really lasting. Yeah, I get what you mean too, especially because like, even if it's a, even if it's good branded crap, some of the branded crap that they gave you was just eye rolling, eye rollingly bad. Like, I don't know. I I too like to know what I'm getting, um, which is why I need to unsubscribe from hum- Humble Bundle monthly because <laughs> they they got me for one, and then I forgot, and now like they've done four months since then. Granted, there have been some games that look interesting. Like, uh, I think Hellblade was in one of them. But I really just bought it to buy Yakuza 0 for cheap. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, I don't know. I think, like, there's just so much competition now 
it was kind of hard for loot crate to keep up like there's just so many subscription boxes out there like i feel like i could just type in subscription box to google and have just like this endless list of options and that just didn't bode well for them i do also wonder if like the the pop culture garbage fetishism uh fad is kind of waning yeah i mean that's possible too Um, people i feel like i don't know i also feel like we're in a time where like people are less likely to just like waste their money on shit they don't need but then again that's that's probably not true at all i i know for a fact people waste their money on shit they don't need yeah they probably just want want shit that isn't random stuff right yeah exactly but yeah but goodbye loot crate you will be a footnote in some book called subscription boxes that is on someone's coffee table in like 20 years (laughs) we need to think of a good way to transition between stories but we don't have one so here we go xbox scarlet like the mortal kombat character Nah, I don't think it's like that, man. Yeah, there's no but, K. Yeah. yeah, if there's no K, it's not Mortal Kombat, that's for sure. Um, so, there was an article that released with a couple quotes from Phil Spencer talking a little bit more about Xbox Scarlet. Uh, it looks like there some of these quotes um, steer towards the Scarlet focusing on playability and frame rate as the major focus for their next generation. Um, I'm going to read a couple quotes from this article uh, for Phil Spencer. Basically, I'm going to kind of skim through here a little bit, and then we'll talk about it. Um, Let's see. He says, uh, Having the ability for games to run at 4K rates was of huge importance, but playability is a larger focus for them for for Xbox Scarlet. How fast do games load? Do I feel like I can get into the game as fast as possible? And while it's playing, how does it feel? Does this game both look and feel like no other game that I've seen? That's our target, Spencer said. Um, on the target of backwards compat, on the topic of backwards compatibility, uh, Microsoft has worked on building a library of past games from both the Xbox and Xbox 360. And Spencer said they are continuing to expand that library of past titles. We really like the reception and the use that we've seen through the Xbox One backward compatibility program, making sure that all four generations of content, so the original Xbox games that run on your Xbox One today, the OG Xbox, the 360 games that run on your Xbox One, your Xbox One games, that's just a lot of Xbox, and the new generation games all run on the next platform is important to us. We want to respect the games that you bought from us. We want to make sure that the generation that the generations can play with each other so if you happen to adopt the next generation early and somebody stays back that if their games are on both platforms you'll be able to cross gen play spencer said Uh, i do want to add this is an ign article written by jesse wade Um, but yeah that's pretty much the gist of it Uh, he goes on to say like you know uh, he talks about the backwards compatibility for accessories as well uh when people were asking about like the elite controller and things like that, saying that those will be compatible with the next gen Xbox. Good. Uh, but he basically like right off the bat says, uh, like he wants, uh, getting games to run here. That this is the last quote I'll read, ensuring that the games load incredibly fast, ensuring that the game is running at the highest frame rate possible. We're also the windows company. So, we see the work that goes on for PC and the work that developers are doing. People love 60 frames per second games, so getting games to run at 4K 60, I think, will be a real design goal for us. That's all good news. Um, I do have to comment on something. The Xbox at this point has the most fucked up numbering scheme for their consoles. Like, did you? Yeah, when I was <laughs> when I was reading that, I was just like, no way. Uh, <laughs> Xbox One, the OG Xbox, the 360, your Xbox One, your Xbox One X, and Xbox Scarlet, yeah. which it's definitely not going to be called. So The Xbox um, Scarlet when all of their shit is green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's baffling to me, man. Like they've got to figure out something going forward. I mean, like the one actually kind of works now. Like they meant it before when this console initially launched to be like the all-in-one media platform, but now it's just like the one Xbox that plays every fucking Xbox game. Um, like you can literally like the fact that you can take an original Xbox disc and put it in your Xbox One is incredible to me. That's great, like, and I think that the PlayStation Four or the PlayStation Five when it gets announced. They need to be able to do that for me to think about buying it because at this point it's not going to. I don't think they'll. <laughs> I don't think they'll get to a point where they can put a PlayStation One disc in there. Ugh. Well, I think they have that PlayStation but... One emulator that they could just put on there. But uh, I think, like as far as PS2 games go, they might get to the point where they can emulate them. But I think that Sony is more interested in reselling their back catalog than letting people play it. Yep. And that's very um, obvious in the way that they like market this stuff on the PlayStation Store. Um, like, oh, it has trophies now, and it looks a little bit better, so buy it again. You know? But I, I think that if this thing is a very good backwards compatibility machine, I will be interested in it. I will be very pissed off because I converted all of my 360 games to PS3 ones, so... Now I would have to go in reverse. Oh, man. But uh, if they made, gave me a good backwards compatibility console, that would be awesome because, honestly, that's really all I'm interested in. Like, I play most everything else on the PC. I think Microsoft does get that, too, which is why they're probably going to keep pushing for the cross-play and the uh, whatever the hell the thing is that lets you play, like, buy the game once and have it on both your PC and your console. I think they'll keep pushing that. Yeah, the whole cross-buy thing is... They're, like, trying to push for cross-play, cross-buy, cross-progression. Um, which is crazy to me. And, I mean, I get it. Like, they're turning their Xbox essentially into a, like, a PC. Like, it's just a PC that just plays games, essentially. Um, and the reason why the 1X appealed to me was, like, it was the cheapest way for me to play 4K video games, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, looking forward to it. I uh I'm glad that they seem to have uh shied away from talking about how we're basically saving the games to RAM and blah 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 when it was just like a solid state drive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a solid state drive. You know, uh I will say like at this point, I feel like we should have more information on these next gen consoles. Like Sony like, I assume Sony's going to release PlayStation 5 around the same time. If not, it's kind of a mistake on their part. Um, and if so, like, we know, like, almost nothing about it. Um, you know, and... I think the upgrade consoles really kind of made the launch cycle very confusing. Because e while the original PS4 and the original Xbox One are both getting long in the tooth, like, the Pro came out more like way more recently than that the xbox one x came out more recently than that yeah and it's making it to where people are like oh i don't necessarily need a new xbox or need a new playstation yet the thing is dude the playstation in the menus chugs it's awful i have a ps4 pro and like the the whole like menu system is just a disaster i'm sorry but like they're like you can tell when you're getting when it's getting close to time for next gen when like you can barely operate the menus because your pro version of their console i don't even want to think about what the original playstation 4 goes through menus like but when the pro version of the console takes forever to load like simple menu transitions um but like my thing is we have a Wired article for Sony going over a couple of really specific things regarding the PlayStation 5. I think, like, the thing about this next gen, the reason why we haven't had a ton of leaks and a ton of information is um, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to market these uh, as, like, these new things that you need, right? Um, I, I feel like with the jump from, you know, PS2 to PS3, you had the HD jump that was huge graphics were 
far and away better and it was just obvious and then like the whole online infrastructure it was a big deal and then the jump from ps3 to ps4 or xbox 360 to xbox one was pretty big uh, it had been like what seven eight years and like and a lot of the like they were a lot of all the games were in true hd now instead of just being upscaled because a lot of 360 games run upscaled same with ps3 right. games yeah so they were like true hd games and you could tell a huge difference like it was night and day uh, at least in my opinion and so i think we're at this point now where games look really freaking good um they're like if i play a game on my xbox one or ps4 like i'm not sitting here complaining about the graphics i'm not like this game is ugly as hell or I think they're right to say, like, we really want to push 4K60. We want smooth gameplay with short loading times. We want a really good experience. And I know that markets well to people like me and you who really want that, who, like, the only thing, for me, the only thing missing from current-gen consoles is that. Yeah. Uh, but for people like, you know, the guy who plays Call of Duty and and Madden, and those are the only two games he plays every year, like, is he really going to care about uh, 4K60? And is that going to sell you 100 million plus consoles like the PS4 sold? So I feel I feel like it's going to be it's going to be a tough marketing strategy for them. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why they're focusing so much on saying your old accessories will work, your backwards like will have full backwards compatibility, will retain that because we're getting diminishing returns on these consoles in terms of new features like you said combined with the fact that like honestly 4k televisions haven't really uh penetrated the market in the way that hd ones did when we made the switch from like crts to hd lcd screens like yeah which is surprising to me actually because you can you know cop of really not like a decent 4k tv on the mad cheap right now uh, but like they're they're saying like these things will run 8k content they haven't been real specific on that and i'm like no way i think no what way. that means is that they're gonna have a be able to stream netflix in 8k or that or have like an ultra blu-ray drive in them like that whatever the next rung above blu-ray is that's coming out right um which for me that would be cool if I had something to play it on, but like my main, like my projector that I watch movies on, that's still 1080p. Like right. my computer monitors, the highest res one is 1440p. And granted, like I know about 4K and I could upgrade, but honestly, I don't think it makes as a cra I don't think it makes a crazy amount of difference unless your screen is huge. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, Unless your screen's pretty big, yeah. That's why I think that the strategy that Xbox is going for, where they're kind of positioning these consoles as like it's the next gen Xbox, but still does all the old shit, is a good idea because it means that you don't have to invest in an entirely new console ecosystem, which was honestly what kind of bugged me about the PS4, especially given how many th different things you could plug into the PS3. And if Sony does that again, I think they're going to lose people. I think they will. I think it'll be backwards compatible with PS4 only in terms of hard copies. I think, like, the only discs you'll be able to put in are PS4 or PS5 discs. You'll have to rebuy. I think they'll go back as far as the PS1, but you'll have to rebuy those games. I think if you want a PS3 game, PS2 or PS1 game, you're going to have to rebuy them. I wouldn't even be surprised if they were like, hey, you'll just have to stream them on this Oh, PlayStation God. Now service, which is basically what they have now, and they'll be like, PlayStation Now is included with PlayStation Plus now, so you don't have to really pay for it. You which is good because it. nobody wants to use it. Yeah, exactly, and that that's going to be a real problem. If Xbox comes out and is like, "Hey, we got Game Pass. Uh, we have like Game Pass and Gold package together for fifteen bucks a month," which Game Pass is a freaking steal. Uh, it's on PC now too. Like, so we have Game Pass. We have a better online infrastructure we have uh all like all these like cool services and things like with the app and stuff works really well we also have uh, a console that works with all the old xbox stuff if you have an xbox accessory or 
anything Xbox related, it works on this thing going all the way back to our original console and that's hard accessories that's hard discs anything will work with it then like people are going to be like wow like if i'm picking up a console like this is it yeah this right? is the this obvious, obvious choice although i will be trying right. the steel battalion controller on this thing if i get one and i will be pissed off <laughs> if it doesn't work I will say, like, the obvious thing Sony has going for it is its exclusives that are actually true exclusives that don't exist anywhere else, period. And that's the thing that, like, hardcore gamers like myself, like, I want to play God of War. I want to play the next Horizon Zero Dawn. I want to play, like, these amazing single-player games that Sony has managed to push out over the years. And without a PlayStation console, you can't play them. And that that's the thing that Sony has going for it, and it just... I guess it. you have to wait and see if that is still going to sell consoles in 2020 and going forward. And that's the question. Are those exclusives stacked up against what Xbox is offering, assuming they don't match that? Like, I don't think those exclusives push hard enough to get past the hump. It's not like Nintendo, where the Switch is a cheap and cheerful console that like is also a handheld, uh, so you can use it in multiple like use cases and it's also like $300 as opposed to what is this thing going to release at 600 probably. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine they're going to try for the, to hit 500. You got to imagine it will after the whole backlash that around the $600 PS3 price tag. I imagine that they'll probably push for 500, but I wouldn't be surprised if it pushed six. They'll probably do a super base model for 500. Like yeah, to get as base as you can possibly get. Yeah. But um, as long as they don't, as long as six hundred dollars isn't the only option, I feel like they'll be fine. But I feel like the one that everyone's gonna want to get is the six hundred dollar option. I feel like that's where we're gonna be at. Yeah. Also, though, the thing about like these consoles is that PC is off in its own ecosystem. I mean, market share wise, because even if you're not playing, you could buy a PC and you don't have to game on it. Like it does a bunch of other shit. That's what it's there for. Um, you buy the Nintendo console because, like I said, it's cheap, and it has the Nintendo exclusives, and it differentiates itself well enough from the PS4 and the Xbox One to where it's an obviously a different thing. PlayStation and uh, Xbox compete directly for market share, and I think that this past console generation has shown us that like we're getting to the point where really only one of them can survive because the rumors that Microsoft was going to just close up their Xbox division entirely... Um, back when they were just eating shit on market share compared to the PS4, they, those got, like, pretty... Like, those seemed pretty real. Yeah, they did. And I will say, I think Game, I think game Pass is going to save their ass. Really, I, I do. And that... I, I've And I don't have specific, like, links or sources, but I read a couple, like, articles and watched a couple videos on, like, how a lot of developers were super excited to work with xbox because of the whole game pass situation that they have apparently it's very developer friendly which i thought would have been the opposite case uh since basically it's a subscription service you subscribe to it you play these games that's it like i'm excited to play gears of war 5 i'm sitting here trying to like budget what games i'm gonna buy over the next few months and i'm like okay well don't have to buy gears of war 5 i just get that on the day four days actually before it launches because I have Game Pass. Like, all the exclusive content that Microsoft pushes out is with Game Pass day and date, and sometimes even early. And if they end up taking, like, these new first-party studios that they've acquired and pushing out, like, these top-tier AAA games that are, like, really, really high quality, and these things are day and date on Game Pass, uh, I don't know how you compete with that. I don't like the idea of release dates being stratified like that like i don't like special release dates for like special customers who have whatever but um i think that something like game pass could stem the tide of like every single game has to be a service that's going on right now because even for like single player games like if you release single player games into the game pass ecosystem you have a steady stream of revenue that you can rely on which is what those games as a service games, that's the aim. So yeah. I think that Game Pass could actually do a lot to encourage good single-player games. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm really excited. Like next E3, we'll have a ton more information. Uh, even probably leading up to it, we'll have a few leaks. So like, I'm excited to see those and talk about them. I'm definitely interested in playing Steel Battalion again. <laughs> well, uh, you know one thing that you're not going to be playing on your new Xbox Scarlet? <laughs> Minecraft with overhauled graphics. I, I should applaud you for that transition. It was top tier. <laughs> top tier. Primo smooth, uh, Primo. grade A transition. Yeah, yeah. Artisan transitions over here. <laughs> But yeah, um, so that whole Minecraft extra special awesome graphics pack or whatever the hell they call it, the super duper graphics pack um, that they showed like, I think it was three or four years ago at this point. Uh, okay, it was E3 2017, which is still a while, but like they are canceling that. Apparently the reason why is because they were trying to apply it to every single platform that Minecraft is on, including smartphones. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you can't, you, there's just, pick your poison, man, you know? Yeah, like, you gotta, you gotta cut someone off somewhere. Like, and I, th I feel like smartphone Minecraft, if they were like, if someone was like, hey, buddy, you're not getting that new graphics pack, I'm sorry, but you're playing on a smartphone, it'll blow up your phone. It'll blow up your phone. It also says Pocket Edition next to this, so, like, yeah. you can't, you you kind of get the assumption that you're like, okay, this is the addition that's not as good. So I think, like, you would be okay with not having the quote-unquote super-duper graphics pack from Minecraft on your phone. I would rather not have my phone explode. I also don't play Minecraft on my phone because yeah. it's literally available on everything else that exists on the planet. Apparently part of that, too, is like... So, for the uninitiated, Minecraft has three code bases. Legacy Console, which is like the ports to PS3, Switch, and uh, 360, of which only the Switch port is still supported. Uh, they have Java Edition, which is just the original Minecraft PC that ran through Java. That's the one... That's my poison, because um, I've been playing Minecraft, too, I forgot to mention. But... Yeah. Uh, then they have what they call the Bedrock Edition, which is their Windows 10 exclusive C++-based engine that they want to be their new hotness, but while the Java Edition was made um, with the idea of being able to import texture packs and like change, change stuff up to the point where you can get screenshots, at least, that look like the ones they had of the Super Duper graphics pack, um, if not frame rates... Uh, the Bedrock Edition, uh, what they said in a, in this quote on this Kotaku article, um, which was written by Ethan Gatch. I suppose we should start crediting these, but uh, yeah, they apparently would have had to rewrite uh, much of the graphics portions of the Bedrock engine from scratch to accommodate the potential improvements. So I don't think it's just smartphones, like that's the hubbub. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, they would have had to do a significant graphical overhaul, which is probably, like, it, it's just too much for a game that, honestly, I can't see generating a crazy amount of revenue currently. Yeah, I, I'm not, I mean, I haven't played Minecraft in so long, and maybe a super-duper graphics pack would have got me in the door, but since they're not doing it, it's a no-go for this guy. I think that uh, they have added a lot of uh, shit to that game since I played it last, and it is actually a really, it's really cool. It has, there's just way more stuff that you can do in it. And they said that they're going to keep devving on it so, to where, like, they're going to keep adding features. But my thing is, I don't see a super duper graphics pack attracting too many people. You'll have people like you who are like, oh, hey, graphics pack, let me boot this up again. Yeah. But, like, in terms of attracting new uh, players. Kids are going to watch uh, Jacksepticeye and PewDiePie play Minecraft and play it like and ask their parents for it no matter how it looks. That's true. I mean, Minecraft, they're probably sitting there like on their boatloads of money. We don't need a super duper graphics pack for real though, do we? Like this is a lot of effort. And so, yeah, let's not do that instead. 
Well, yeah, their whole well, their their whole thing, like the blockiness, that's less of a graphical limitation and more an aesthetic at this point. Yeah, I know. I mean, even like even Dragon Quest Builders that I'm playing has like blockiness to it, but I feel that Minecraft's just got this. Um, how should I put it? When I see Minecraft, I know it's Minecraft. Yeah. You know, at this point, it's almost a trademark for them. Yeah, aside from games that were aping Minecraft wholeheartedly, there's not much that looks like it. Like, most games from that era have, this, have like, even good ones have a similar veneer of indie styling. Like, I feel like a lot of games take cues from Fez and uh, Braid and other games that were featured in that indie game, the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that original indie game class informed a lot of the design decisions of many games of that era, but Minecraft was not one of them. That's true. That's a good point. But, anyway. Um, SNES controllers! SNES controllers! <laughs> I love SNES controllers. In fact, a SNES-style controller for Nintendo Switch appears in an FCC filing. Dude, according... a SNES-style controller for Nintendo Switch has appeared in my house as of like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and a point I will get to. This is an article written by Michael McWertor. I hope I'm not butchering his name. At Polygon. <laughs> Michael McWerewolf. Let's Michael McWerewolf. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael McWertor. Anyway, uh, so an FCC filing was spotted by a member of the Reset Era forums and features a drawing of the back of the wireless device. The silhouette is unmistakably an SNES controller, and the model number of the SSF FCC ID sorry, include the letters HAC, which is used in Nintendo's model numbers for the Switch hardware and accessories, including the NES-style controllers that they used when they launched the online platform that allows you to play NES games, which is what I want to get at. Does this mean Super Nintendo games are coming to the Switch? My personal opinion, I think yes. I think that is inevitable. I also think this means that the online platform for Nintendo Switch will probably be broken down into tiers, and the main focus of the online subscription service is going to be based off which old-school Nintendo games you want to play. Yeah, I, I, I neglected to mention this when we were talking about PS5 and Xbox Scarlet Johansson. Um, <laughs> these companies really need to stop forcing me to rebuy the downloadable content that I buy, like... What, Nintendo, like, I bought... Let's see, if I wanted to own Star Fox 64, not even the remake on 3DS, just the original, I bu- buy it on Wii, then I have to buy it again on Wii U, and now, like, if hypothetically, if N64 games come out on Switch, I have to rebuy it again there. It's the same game every time. But check this out. If it's not... It's not piecemeal anymore. The thing I like about what Nintendo's doing is they're getting rid of this whole... Um, you know the the way they've always done it through the virtual console where you have to like purchase each game individually every time you upgrade to a new console Nintendo's like fuck that we're done virtual console is no more and everybody's up in arms and flipping out about it but if Nintendo can manage to put all of what used to be on virtual console include it in their $20 a year online service which is like really $20 a year is basically nothing for most people yeah. I don't want to say that but for most people if you own for a switch who are and capable you're buying of a video switch. games you can afford $20 a year for the online service sorry if you're complaining about $20 a year go sell your switch anyway <laughs> the to be able to have I think there's what 30 40 NES games on there right now that you can play and some really ex- obscure ones at that where ones that I hadn't even played before, like Dodgeball, and I haven't played Tecmo Bowl in ages, played that. Like, you've got the 
hard hitters that should always be on there. Super Mario Brothers 3, the original Super Mario Brothers, the original Zelda, Zelda 2. But Nintendo is also doing this crazy unique type thing where they're putting special editions of these games on there where you start out with like everything. So there's this edition of the original Zelda where you have like the Master Sword and full hearts and all that shit like when you start the game and you can play through the game that way which is really cool it's interesting like if you're just wanting to fly through the original Zelda game and have all the shit and you know fuck shit up that's fun and I I think it's interesting that they're doing that type of thing and I think this is much better than the virtual console where I'm not getting to play all 30 or 40 of these I have to pick and choose the ones I want and it's always the same ones I'm not going to say that you're you're wrong there. Like, this is better than uh, the Virtual Console and how it was set up. But if I bought those games on Virtual Console previously, I should still get them, in my opinion. Like, even if I I don't sign up for the $20 a year. And granted, yes, $20 a year is very cheap. But, like, even if I don't sign up for the $20 a year tier. And also, another reason why I don't like this is because... uh, Granted, emulation is technically piracy, but, like, Nintendo keeps cutting into the emulation scene every time they do this, while at the same time doing stuff like pulling ROMs that were dumped by, uh, uh, like, just people at their home, pulling that and using that as the ROM on their console. Which is fine, but... And it, it is their right to, like, DMCA crap, but I feel like you should just leave people on PC who honestly aren't going to come over to your console if they're playing, like, ROM hacks. Um, right. You should just leave them alone. You should just leave them alone. I, I agree with you. I also see where they're coming from, too. And I know... I, I agree with you on the whole thing. Like, if I bought it ten times before I shouldn't have to buy it again and I think that complaint is what urged them to move away from virtual console because I think it just became a pain in the ass for them to have to figure out a way to carry these virtual console purchases over forever and they have to think like they're sitting there thinking about the future and they're like the number one biggest complaint about our eShop and what we do is that people have to rebuy their stuff whenever we release a new console because we don't have an online infrastructure that is advanced enough to carry these over. So people are having to start from scratch whenever they get a new console from DS to 3DS to Switch to whatever, for, to Wii U, to Wii, etc. They're having to buy these piecemeal every single time. And that and I like this solution because I would not have bought Tech Mobile. I would not have bought Dodgeball. I would have. I would not have bought half these games I've played on this online NES thing. I would not have bought. I would not have bought any of them. I would have bought the same ones I buy every single time: the original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Three, the original Zelda, Zelda Two, and then that's it. And yeah. I would have played the same ones I always played. I like this because I'm getting introduced into old school NES and potentially, hopefully, SNES games that I would have never played before. And this also opens the door to tiered structures that allow for things like GameCube and N64 and SNES and NES, and I'm happy to pay the highest tier to get just this onslaught of like 40 NES, 40 SNES, you know, 40 or so N64 and GameCube games that that are obscure and weird that I never would have played before. That would make the Switch just this like mind-blowing all-encompassing Nintendo console for me. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I had my experience with that was having all of those games on my PSP, like in high school. Yeah. But um, I think I, I one of the things I do wonder, and this is kind of on a tangent, but like. Capcom's not going to let them release Mega Man games on that thing because Capcom wants to sell the Mega Man Anniversary Collection. Like, I think that for some of the higher-profile companies that are still active but also had games on those consoles, like, you're not going to see Mega Man on there. You're not going to see the SNES Street Fighters on there as much as you would want to play them. And I suppose that's still Capcom, but, like, you might not even see something like Ninja Gaiden on there if uh, somebody thinks they can make a puck. I think the Ninja Gaiden is on the NES 
one. That might have been a shitty example, but but I also think, and the the Mega Man games are on the Super Nintendo Class SNES Classic. So I don't know, maybe, and I do see where you come from. That's very possible because, you know, why like why would I go buy the Legacy Collection when I could just get it on my subscription service? Yeah, I, but, I worry that we're gonna. Reach, we're gonna have a situation like you remember when when Netflix first came out and it had everything, but then everyone yeah. realized that all of their old shit was still valuable, and so they all broke off into into their own separate ecosystems. I do worry yeah, that no, like yeah, Game Pass will turn into the Microsoft Pass and the EA Pass, or like like the oh Nintendo my God, stuff. Ubisoft will... has a freaking pass. Like, who's gonna subscribe to just play Ubisoft games? I'm sorry. I don't think that anyone wants to, but. Uh... I, th- I don't think that'll stop them from trying. Yeah. And then they're when like, they see it's not profitable, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, Nintendo, you can use the things. They're just going to keep take their ball and go home. Yeah. I, I totally see where you're coming from there. And it's unfortunate because this is definitely... I like this as a thing uh, in terms of where the industry is going i think this is an evolution on the way we play games that needs to happen and it's really cool and i think it it is pro consumer for the most part especially with how expensive some games are and GameStop going down the shithole and people not being able to trade in their games and potentially wasting 60 or potentially more if next gen goes up in price dollars on a game and not liking it or being done with it in a week and never playing again and just having just sixty dollars done you know that is is a good question like obviously if you have game pass you're boxing uh you're boxing a physical copy and whoever sells that physical copy out of the equation are physical copies on these consoles going to become like physical copies are on pc where it's just sort of a vestigial thing that you get as like a boutique item almost is at this point i mean i'm pretty sure for the most part these discs you put in there just check to make sure you own the fucking product still have to do a massive install on like you still have to install the entire game on your xbox when you buy the disc yeah but you can at least install it from the disc um that's yeah i i i feel like we'll get to a point where it's just like like you said, I, I feel like we'll get to that point where it's almost like a boutique item to own the, the physical game. And then you reach instances where uh, whatever authentication server isn't active or the licensing agreements have changed or what have you. And granted, we haven't really had any high-profile instances that I can think of, at least in the gaming sphere, of people being blocked out of stuff that they bought. Aside from just hardware version lockout, essentially. Like, like I was talking about those pinball games. I might not be able to buy those tables, but if you already own them, you can still play them. Right. Um, but, like, I just worry that with this boxing out of digital, or boxing out of physical games, and the removal of the concept of ownership, which was already on tenuous ground with the idea of an end-user license agreement as it is, I worry that they're just going to sever the last piece of uh, sinew attaching those two concepts together, and then at some point down the line, it's going to be, oh, hey, we know you're paying for Game Pass monthly. Um, This game is rolling off for reasons, and uh, you don't have any way to play it anymore. Or even worse, like we have released an update, and you need to rebuy this game for X, Y, and Z. But I guess it wouldn't even be buying. It would just be the monthly thing at the, that point, right? Right. Very I, true. I, th- I think it's an interesting way in, in the to kind of evolve the way we buy games, the way we play games. I've noticed with Game Pass, again, just like the Nintendo subscription with old NES games, I'm just trying a lot of games that I never would have played before. Even if I, play, like, I boot it up and play it for 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, well, you know, tried that, didn't really like it. And then there's some games where I booted up and played it through its entirety and we're like, holy shit, that was great. I never would have bought that game. Yeah, and I suppose it is good for that. 
Do we have any more specifics about the actual hardware? We kind of uh, got off that. Yeah, we did. Uh, in terms of the hardware, this look, there's not much other than HAC insinuating that it's probably a Switch accessory because all Switch accessories start out with HAC. Uh, and other than that, it's just this picture of a Nintendo, obviously an SNES controller. It's very clear. I imagine that this in is just like the NES controllers they dropped that attach to your Switch that you can buy with like their online subscription service. So whenever they dropped the news that they were doing NES games uh, for your Switch that came with the online subscription service, they dropped two NES controllers that plugged into your Switch and charged on your Switch just like the Joy-Cons do. So at the top, they had the rails where you can slide them on to the side of your Switch, which looked really weird. But Yeah, those things look ridiculous. But they're wireless, and it's cool. Uh, it's cool to play those. I don't have them. I kind of wish I did. But I uh, I think it's cool to play like the old-school games with the original controller. I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting. So I think that's what this is. I think that's what they're doing here. Um, I think they'll launch this with whatever announcement for the SNES, they'll probably have a Nintendo Direct toward the end of the year that announces this, is my assumption. I will be really interested to see um, how these stack up against those 8-bit Doe controllers that I was talking about earlier. Those controllers are awesome. Uh, and I do... I used to have one. Uh, I, don't, I don't have it anymore, but I used to have one, and I liked it a lot. I... I never had any issues with it. Yeah, I have two. Um, they're basically just like... I originally actually bought them for PC use, but they became Switch controllers, essentially, because they work with the Switch, and I don't have any other controllers. Like, And Lord knows, for various games, I'm not using the Joy-Con sideways. Like, my Obviously. hands are way too big for that. Yeah, it's it's tough. But... Those things are good. They do have a few very, very minor issues that only someone psychotic like me notice, but um, overall they're good controllers, so I'll be interested to see how the first-party ones stack up. Or if For they'll sure. even have, like, analog sticks on there. No, they probably won't. Probably not, right? It, it'll probably just be the original controller. Literally <laughs> just the original. Like, that's what they did with the NES controllers, just straight up the, just the original NES controller, wireless NES controller. What are they going to do when they have N64 games on there? Are you going to have two N64 oh, controllers that, that charge on the side switch. of your Switch? Oh, that'd be so good. Two GameCube controllers. Well, they already have GameCube controllers yeah, that you can buy. They do. So they need them for Smash. Mm -hmm. That's basically... Like, people... You can tell uh, the Smash fans because they're the ones who say that GameCube controller is the best controller of all time because it Force is the Smash. best controller of all time for Smash. It's basically a controller that was created for Smash. Yeah. Like, Smash, that is the perfect Smash controller. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good Smash controller, but I don't have the reference for the GameCube controller that a lot of people do. It could be just the fact that I, at that point, had a PS2 and not a GameCube, but... I think the PlayStation controller and even the 360 controller, even though the the D-pad on the 360 controller is terrible, overall they make a lot more sense than the GameCube controller does with its weird single it weird. Uh, trigger button and like, oblong bean-shaped face buttons. Yeah. Tiny double C stick, tiny, tiny D-pad. It is super comfortable, though. Yeah. Like, hold. Like, just to hold and, like, play it. It's it's very comfortable. Yeah, it's a very ergonomic controller. But you know one game you're not going to get on that uh, Nintendo monthly service? Oh, yeah, I do. The uh, Nintendo World Championship cartridge. For sure. But uh, apparently one lucky game store ended up one at the with one at the bottom of a Safeway sack. Which is I love that story. I love it. Yeah, this comes it. to us courtesy of Sam Makovic. Makovich. This comes to us courtesy of Sam MechWarrior on Ars Technica. <laughs> um, yeah, the Seattle shop, which had, uh, called the called Pink Gorilla Games, had somebody come in with just a bag full of, like, boring-ass uh, 
run-of-the-mill standard NES games, like not even not even Mario's, just like stuff like California Games, Spy Hunter, Cobra Command. You can see a shot of the stack in the article. It's nothing that you would write home about. Like it's just a shelf on a pawn shop. Um, there's a game called Football. <laughs> yeah, there's Football. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite game, Football. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but at the bottom was a copy, gray cartridge, of Nintendo World Championships. It's incredible. It's pretty nuts. Uh, apparently, instead of just taking it for like the $10 they probably could have, because the person selling it had no idea what it was, they worked with them, and uh, it sold for like twenty grand. Yeah, that's so crazy. Actually, no, it, it, it's they bought it for 13000 and then flipped spot. it for twenty grand. Yeah. That's incredible. How did this guy even get this thing? Did it say somewhere? I think he got it at like a garage sale or something. Yeah. Like he just wow. bought it at a garage sale. What? Oh my god. Stuff like that is out there. It's not uh, unheard of, especially in Seattle where you have Nintendo and you have Yeah, Microsoft. that's true. It is Seattle. Like Nintendo is right the fuck there. Yeah. Like you remember that Xbox prototype that that guy uh overrode the hard drive of in order to make a shitty PC out of a while back. Yeah, I do remember that. That was also a Seattle story, I think. This is crazy. I mean, to to think, like, I, I really wish I could have seen that, like, been there. Like, I've, wor I've worked in a game shop, right? People bring in stacks of video games all the time and don't think anything of it people bring in stacks of really old video games all the time and you're like why are you selling these we're giving you like a dollar for them but then you come across I, I just can't imagine like going through things like football and Cobra Command all I can say is thank god that GameStop still wasn't running their classic hardware stuff and he took it into there cause they probably would, would have not, given him like a nickel for it yeah, the guy who bought it from him wouldn't have even known. Like, the GameStop guy wouldn't have even known, probably, that this was insane. It, it, I mean, if if it was me, I would have looked at it, and I wouldn't have been able to contain myself. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I would have chances like, are uh, the clerk would have been like, okay, this isn't in our system, but I collect these on the side, so I'll give you 20 bucks for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd have a hard time not doing that. I'm going to be honest. Like, the person that bought this from this guy is a genuinely good dude for real because you you have to have a hard time to get this from somebody who has no idea what it is has no idea what its value is they just don't know what they have in general and you're gonna go in it like you're just 100 percent straight up honest with them and give him 13 fucking grand for it yeah, Hats Kelsey off, though, Kelsey Lewin uh, over at Pink Gorilla Games, um, definitely a good person <laughs> to not take this yeah. guy for a ride. But also, apparently, this place has uh, done other high end game sales before. Like they've handled a few little Samson cartridges and stuff like that. That's cool. So go shop at Pink Gorilla Games because they're cool. Oh hell yeah! That's awesome. And I gotta, I need to go garage sailing at some point because, like, I keep hearing from uh, Pete over at RetroActionSquad.com. Uh, check him out. But uh, I keep hearing from him, like, he actually goes on, like, Craigslist and uh, what get rid of or whatever the hell that one on cell phones is and Facebook Marketplace and garage sales just hunting for games. And they're still out there. Like, he still gets stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's so crazy, man, to think you could pick up something like that at a garage sale. I haven't been at a garage sale in ages. Um, so maybe I need to start. Maybe this should be my motivation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Garage sales are fun. Garage sales are fun. <laughs> I, uh, Ian's in Japan right now. I'm mad jealous. Is he? That's yeah. Cool. I need oh, to tell him so cool. to, uh, pick me up just like. Japanese copies of all the Mario games on Super Famicom because they go for like fucking nothing. There for work or for fun? He's just there for fun, I think. Oh, that's so cool, man. I'm yeah. jealous. 
And he works from home too, so he might just be there. F I don't. I don't know how long he's staying, but I think the limit for like a visitor's visa is like three months or something. So he might just be doing that because he's uh, uh staying with a friend of his. So, right. But that's yeah, cool, man. he's doing cool stuff. Anyway, that's uh, that's really all I had. Yeah, that's all I had too, man. I. I do want to mention I've got a few new articles up at thegamefanatics.com. Uh, I've got a Fire Emblem piece about how this one changes up the formula quite a bit and kind of goes into specifics on what you could expect. So if you're on the fence for Fire Emblem, or if you haven't played Fire Emblem before, check that out. And I have some Dragon Quest Builder stuff in there too because it's a mild obsession of mine at the moment. I don't do shit. Um, I don't go outside, so <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, eventually, I hope to start doing something that aside from this podcast, but uh, we'll see what that is. But anyway, I think that's going to be it for us. So we'll catch Show. you guys later. Later on.